Welcome to the You Can Tell the Children podcast, a place where sharing God's word with the next generation in your circle of influence can be simple, easy, and fun. We know that intentionally teaching children about God and the relevancy of His word will be a game changer in their homes, schools, and communities. This podcast is a ministry of Bible to School, experts in engaging children with the Word of God. Together, we will make sure that you can tell the children about the love of Jesus. Ready, set, let's go. Welcome back to the You Can Tell the Children podcast, a ministry of Bible to School. I'm your host, Meredith Steidler, and this is episode 111. What does trust have to do with intruder alert drills in schools? Well, according to Corey and Lee, it has everything to do with how well our children will be equipped for this type of an emergency, especially if it turns out to be real life and not just a drill. Please be aware, this conversation is crucial to have. However, it may be a topic that is sensitive to some ears. If you have experienced any trauma related to school shootings or have especially young ears in range, please take extra precaution. Most importantly, the message is clear. We can help teach our children to be prepared in emergency situations. And friends, be sure you listen the whole way through this episode today to hear a recent Bible to School story about this very topic, showcasing faith in action that will completely inspire you. Since we're talking about building up our children's trust in the Lord, now is the perfect time for you to find out more about our ministry, Bible to School, where we teach children the Word of God during their public school day, during public school hours. They'll learn about God's goodness, how He does not change, and how He loves them and can always be trusted. To learn more, just go to our website, BibleToSchool.com. That's Bible, the number two, school.com and click on our program. Are you ready to learn the two things your kids need to know about intruder alert drills? Join Corey and Lee's conversation now. Well, hey, Corey Pettypacker, how are you today? I'm doing well. Thank you, Lee. How are you? I am super excited to be together. Every time we talk, I leave with things to think about. And boy, is today's topic going to be something to think about. It sure is. It's a big topic, but we got some good stuff to share, and uh, I'm excited to share them with you. Me too. We just started school in Michigan, and I think it's a gift that we get a big, long summer, but it also means that my kids are walking through all of the back-to-school stuff. You know, I don't know about your house, but we signed like dozens and dozens of forms, the whole thing. But it's got me thinking about the kinds of things we do to prepare our kids for school. And I know I want to do that well. It's tricky because each kid's different. I'm sure you can relate. They are. Yeah. Someone or want to be really prepared. Others are like, eh, we'll get there when we get there. But, you know, it's our job as parents to make sure they're prepared. Yeah. And every kid, I have one kid that I swear he needs a checklist every single day of what he needs to take to school. And he's probably going to forget something. Other kids who have it all together, but case by case, regardless of the kid, they all need to be prepared, right? That's right. So there's lots of different ways to prepare our kids physically, emotionally. Talk to me about some of those. Well, sure. I mean, when we think of preparing our kids, we think of, of course, for school, for pencils, Pens, backpacks, uh, new clothes, of course. That's the fun one. New shoes. I'm sure everybody's gotten their kids. New, I, we always went to get new shoes because uh, we were always growing out of everything. 
But then there's the other side of it, the softer side, the emotional side of it. Will my teacher be nice? You know, the fear of the unknown, you know, you're managing expectations. We're trying to make it less scary. Uh, I know we have things in place for that. I love that the schools have orientation for new schools. Their teachers email them ahead of time. Now we didn't have that when I was young. Or, or they have friendly websites. You can see the pictures of uh, of the teacher or the classroom. So that kind of brings down the anxiety. I love will that I, The big one though, Lee, is, is will I have friends there? Isn't that, well, I don't know if it'll be a friend in my class or who will I sit oh, with? I was just having that conversation this morning with a kid. Will I have friends? Yeah. And that, that again takes, you know, well, there's, they, they put out class lists. So, you know, ahead of time, how to, how to coach them as parents and how to make new friends, you know, all that, all those kind of things that you do as a parent. But today we're going to be talking about preparing them uh, physically for maybe scary things like emergencies. Can you think of some things that emergencies you can think of that we, that we prepare them for, Lee? Oh, sure. Like fire drills, like how to get off a school bus if there's an emergency. Now we have active shooter drills, even. I think you call it something different in Pennsylvania, though, don't you? Around our area, they call it intruder alert drills. I don't know, different places in the country. But but back up to fire drills, I mean, that's like a building evacuation, you know, entire building evacuated. You know, we even do that in businesses. They have done that already. But bus drills, I remember when I was young. I mean, I was one of the shortest kids in the class always. I was always, I'm one of the shortest one in my family too. But I remember going out the back of the bus and like, it was like Mount Everest. I was jumping. I was, please, I was like, please somebody catch me because I, that's a long way down for me. Totally. How about you? What, what was kind of your experience? Well, I love fire drills. I don't know if it was just always meeting on the line outside of the school. And <laughs> I, I love fire drills, but. I remember the first time one of my kids came home and said that they were having fire safety as a focus for an entire year of school. So the firefighters were coming in and they would get to go through their special van that filled with smoke and they would crawl on their bellies. And Corey, they still do stop, drop and roll. And so stop, oh. drop and roll apparently is universal. So Okay. Just, so we're, so we're good as adults. We're doing the right thing. Right. You definitely should still stop, drop and roll, but they incentive for our kids to do a fire drill plan at home or an evacuation plan at home was a large pizza. As a well, family, a, you would wait a minute. a large pizza. Yeah. Wait a minute. You had, so this is kind of new. You had in a, a fire drills at your house. Oh yeah. Uh, well, mostly because we wanted this large pizza at our okay. house from the firefighters. So we drew an emergency evacuation plan for each room of the house and the kids had to tell us how they would get out of the house and then we would practice a plan. And so Marie, I turned to my daughter and I said, okay, daughter, what would you do if there was a fire? And she looked at me and she said, I'd hide. Ooh. I almost died inside. I was like, my daughter's going to be the one under the bed hiding. And here we need to like get her out of the house. And I have mm. never been so glad to be forced to do a drill in my entire life than I was when my daughter told me that her plan would have been wrong. She would have responded in fear, right? It would have kept her stuck in a situation that was not helpful. Wow. Well, well my, we have, um, see, not, not all families think this way, but we did have uh, our boys in the second story window and they were all in one room. 
And so we had the, a chain ladder drill that we did once or twice. I mean, we didn't, I mean, we weren't getting any pizza out of it. If, if our fire department would have offered pizza, free pizza, I think we would have done more. But I remember showing them the you know, chain link ladder and then we did the drill and they were, you know, young and we were, you know, my husband was at the bottom and, and I was at the top and, and they were going down the ladder and they're like, oh, they're really is a threat. Like it, it, you can see it dawning on their face, like, oh, we might have to do this someday. And like, they kind of get out of your cocoon, kind of you're like, everything's totally, totally, totally safe to the idea that there could be something bad that could happen. And what do I do then? That was kind of eye-opening to me, but we, but you're right. It's, it's a need. You need to do things like this as parents to kind of still keep it a balance of, Hey, we're, we're good. We got a plan. But then 1999 happened. April of 1999, Columbine High School deadly shooting happened. And it was the one of the first school shootings hit the news. It was horrible. It changed our nation. It really changed how we think about being safe in school, wouldn't you say? Yeah. Do you remember where you were when you found out about Columbine? Yes. I think we just got out, out of school or something like that. But we were, we were glued to the TV. I know that. Yeah. Well, we're both on East Coast time, you and me, Corey, and Colorado is two hours back. So we were all watching that happen when we were getting out of school. I remember sitting on the couch and I don't know, Corey, if you remember this, but I went to school, to high school, about 15 minutes from Columbine High School. And Mm. so they were rivals in football. And I remember thinking to myself, if this can happen there, this can happen anywhere. And really, that is kind of what we've seen and experienced. And we don't want to think about it. We don't want to talk about it. No. But Columbine changed everything for us. It did. It did. But on the positive side, we now have drills. Like we have we have a plan designed to keep, to keep our kids safe. And people are like, well, why do you need to do that? And my husband was in the military and he's like, that's what you do so that you are all on the same page. You have a procedure, you have a process. Everybody knows what everybody else is doing. You're all rowing in the same way. And you think about that. You think that, you know, the kids need to know that obviously the staff needs to know at the school. The kids need to know, the parents need to know what that drill is like, what you do. The emergency responders need to know be on the same page as well. So it's very, very important to have these drills and whatever you feel about them, at least everybody's on the same page and people aren't going different directions. I actually think it's a really, really good idea. We had something happen on one of our campuses this last year and it happened right as school was releasing. So they did a lockdown in our schools, which is all new, but everybody was outside of the building. And, you know, when our schools got together that night, they sent out a message and they said, hey, we realized that there is a hole in our plan. And so we are reevaluating. Praise God, nothing happened. But I was so glad for these drills at that moment because a fire drill is different than an intruder drill. There's like a lot more emotion attached to it. But at the end of the day, they're both about safety, right? Right. There is something different, though, that I, I, I just want to share my thoughts on that. A fire drill is getting your child out of the building, getting children out of the building away from danger. Simple concept. You're out. You're safe. You know, that's what the kids think. You're, you're out of the building. You're safe. An intruder drill, it's actually more complex. 
because sometimes hiding is the best way to become invisible for the intruder. Depending on where you are in the building, hiding is the best thing you can't get out or evacuating is the best thing is obviously the best thing is what you want to do. So it all depends on what the intruder is doing. Not everybody knows what's happening. Um, the teachers might not know where they are. So having the guide uh, for kid to kids to safety by either hiding or that there, there's that element of just on, they don't know what's going to happen next. Whereas a, a fire drill is so concrete and linear, you know, you do this, you do this, you do this. And, you know, you can, you can smell a fire. You can see a fire. You, yep. But sometimes these intruder drills is not the same way. No, it's not. And you know what? These can be hard on kids. And if we're just really honest, they can be hard on moms and dads too. I remember the first time they told us they were having an active shooter drill. I remember thinking, I do not want to do this. And why is this necessary? And so we would be remiss if we did not say this is even hard to listen to or think about sometimes. Yes. But, but this is a really good idea for us to think through some of these things. And I promise by the end of this conversation, all of our friends that are listening are going to go, oh my goodness. I know what to do now. And Corey, I'm so excited to flush that out with you. Sure, sure. And the thing about that, when you're saying that the drills can be hard on kids, especially these intruder drills, it their anxiety can kind of freeze you up. It's that fear. And you need a t- little time to process that. And with a fire drill, there's a lot, a lot more time to process it. Is You do simple, like I said, you go outside, that's it. But also that, like I said, that fire you can actually see it. It's smoke. Whereas intruder drills, they don't know if it's just a drill or if it's real. So you got to treat everyone like it's real. So that pumps up the fear with kids. The unknown, that that intruder threat is just unpredictable. It's not as contained. It's more stealth. And that's, that's why the kids have a, a tougher time with it. Well, whether we like these drills or not for our kids, they're part of our school system and they're regulated. Like they're mandatory. They're not optional. So we're going to be going through them as a family. So Corey, I really want to ask us and dial in, how can we equip our kids spiritually and emotionally for an intruder alert drill? Yeah, Lee, I've really prayed through this a lot. And I have two simple things that kids need to know about intruder drills that parents need to get across to kids. It's very, very important. And it's two things, trust God and trust your teacher. Mm. That's simple. Trust God and trust your teacher. And what I mean by trust God is that no matter what's happening, he is with you. He is in control. Whether things are going as planned or not, God's got it. In Psalm 46, he says, I love this. He says, he is our shield and our strength and ever-present help in danger. I mean, he spells it right out there, Lee. Yeah, such a good word. Yeah, in in Romans 8:28, I mean, we know that in all things, not to all good things, but all things, God works for the good of those who love him who have been called according to his purpose. And one of my favorite things about scripture and teaching kids to trust God no matter what is that Bible says fear not. Guess how many times, Lee? How many times, Corey? 365 times in the Bible. That's one verse for each day of the year, you can tell your kids to fear not. So mm. I thought that was pretty cool. I, I, that's, that's the kind of God we have. And, and then the, just even the words of Jesus in Matthew 28 and 20, verse 20, I'm always with you. So comforting. Just, I am always with you. And I know we have to take this situation seriously. 
But having that peace and you know that God is our protector always, God is our comforter always, God is always with them is huge. It's absolutely huge in this whole scheme of things and this whole intruder drill that your child needs to know that. The one thing is uh, about fear is that it can freeze you up as you know that. They can not only be in physical danger, but their mind is being attacked kind of thing. So I talk about put on the full armor of God in Ephesians. I mean, that's fighting words, you know? You can stand against the devil's schemes because these things are evil. I mean, these are this is darkness kind of crowding into our kids' lives and in, in our, in our school. And oh, yeah. so talk about like the full armor of God. It is uh, the breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth. You can, that shield of faith, I love that, to extinguish all the flaming arrows. Uh, the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit is the word of God. And then the gospel of peace. So I love this, with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. Readiness, readiness, Lee. Mm, such a good word, Corey. Let's pause right now and take a question from one of our Bible to school kids. Does God control sin? What a great question. Does God control sin? As part of our lesson on prayer, we have our children read Philippians 4, 6, in which they read, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. While there may be a mystery surrounding the relationship between God's sovereignty and sin, we can be at peace knowing that we can take any question, any worry, any anxiety to God, and He will in turn give us peace and comfort. You know that as well as I do, prayer is so important. What do you think about that and trusting God and, and communicating with their, with their father? Well, one of my biggest priorities as a mom in the middle of this situation is to teach my kids to pray in Jesus' name. Like I say, if we're doing a drill, regardless, we pray when we hear sirens, we pray when we hear alerts, and that starts when they're little. You know, if we see an ambulance go by or a fire truck, we just say, Lord, be with them in Jesus' name. And it, it's a blessing on that situation. Lord, would you help that person that's in a car accident that we just drove by? Like building that into their lives when they're young, I think is very helpful. But the name of Jesus changes everything. And yes. faith in Jesus changes everything. And so when we teach our kids to pray on all occasions, that's what it says at the end of the Armor of God passage. It's so that we can take our stand against the devil's schemes. And this is what this is. You were right. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. So prayer is the most vital part of that. But prayer and action, and you talk about that so well, prayer helps them become unparalyzed. So yeah. they're taking action rather than being, you know, frozen in fear. Prayer is already taking a first step. Oh, yeah. I got to tell you a personal story. One of my sons had a, a medical crisis. We were in line for the bumper cars, which, by the way, my bumper cars are my favorite thing in the whole world. I, I think the freeway should be like that. I really do. But I know it's oh, not. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it should not be. But uh, yeah, we were the bumper cars. It was an indoor amusement park. We went over Christmas and he passed out and I didn't know what happened. And fear gripped me so hard. I just couldn't even think. And I look up and my husband, who has been trained and drilled and all that kind of stuff from the military, 
he's I'm, I'm like thinking I think we should call the like in slow motion. I think we should call 911. He's already on 911. He's telling him the address of the place. And he's, he's like, OK, got it. And I'm like, wow. And I, I got paralyzed. So it happens just like that. So those drills are really, really important. And I know that that we both have a mutual friend, Crystal Woodman Miller, and you interviewed her in episode 27 of our podcast. And so if you have not heard this interview, y'all need to go back to episode 27. It was called How to Have Hard Conversations with Kids. And Crystal, she was a, a Columbine a high school survivor. Yeah. And her, her story is amazing. And she literally was in the, she was a, um, well, she was 16 year old, I think. And she was in underneath the table in the library where most of the shooting happened. And the first that she was not a Christian at the time. And the boy that was with her wrapped her arms around and said, let's pray. That's the first thing they did was pray. I think about that often with these type of drills that just naturally, if you're, you're a believer, you're, you're going to go to that, that we're going to pray. And even people who don't believe, they, even the atheist, I mean, not 9-11, right? Uh, Lee, everybody yep. wants to go to the prayer. You know, I love that. I love that they don't even realize that they're they're reaching out to their creator in a time mm. of fear, in a time of of scariness. But tell me what you learned about Crystal when you were when you were talking with her. What really stuck out with you about that? You know, I've wondered since Crystal and I have been friends for years now, and I wonder every time she sees a shooting happen on the news, how she feels. Is that like? a re-injury. What does that look like? What does that look like now that she has kids and she puts them in school? And more than anything, it grieves her heart and she grieves what the survivors are going to walk through. But she really, really, really trusts God with her children. Like she she really, really believes that the word of God is true. That is the challenge we face as moms and dads and people who work with students is, are we really, really, really going to apply faith in this situation? And the truth is, is that our kids can and they will. So the first thing that we have to teach them and prepare them for is to trust God on their own, to cry out to them. But Lori, you have a second one on here and I love this one too. Yes. Besides trusting God, teaching your kids to trust God. Trust your teacher. Mm. Listen to them. They have been trained in knowing the best way to keep you keep you safe. I mean, teachers are amazing. We work with a lot of teachers in schools at Bible to yeah, school we do. and our public school ministry. And they are experts at moving big groups of kids and keeping them in control. I can barely move my can barely move my three kids myself. And they have 30 kids that they move. So hats off to teachers and they stay up on this stuff. What we need to do is tell our kids, build up your kids, con- your children's confidence in their teacher's ability to get them out of danger, to say, you know what, they, they're trained for this. Listen to your teacher. They know what to do. You can trust them. You know, they're with you all day long. They want your, the best for you in place of me being there. Your teacher's there for you. And trust goes a long way in a crisis. Mm-hmm. Um, man, if, if I was a teacher and I had 30 different children implementing 30 different solutions to a crisis, I mean, that just equals chaos, not safety. Just as parents and, and grandparents and aunts and uncles uh, with your children in your circle of influence, just reinforce that the teacher is acting in place of a parent to keep them safe, that they, they need to listen to them. 
do whatever, whatever they say. God put them in charge of their safety. So trusting God that he gave someone who will do everything they can to keep them safe, that's what you're doing. You're trusting God. You're trusting your teacher. So mm-hmm. that's what I think is really, really important. I think it's really good, Corey. I have a daughter with special needs and she has auditory processing disorder. And so what that has meant for her is it takes 20 seconds for something to be said for it to hit full comprehension. And if she's scared, that actually increases. Okay. So from the time she was little, we said to her teachers, if there's ever an emergency, you grab her hand and you like, if she has to be thrown to the ground, put her on the ground. Or if she needs to be pulled out a door, pull her out a door, even extended to horseback riding, right? Like if her instructor had a problem and she got scared, we just needed them to act for her. But that has always meant building a bridge of trust between us and whoever is leading her. And so what that makes me think of, Corey, is that it will be very difficult if we undermine our teachers at home for them to be able to trust them when it comes time for crisis. So this helps us become more pro-teacher in trusting that their heart is good towards our kids. And I love it that you're saying you need to trust your teacher because, boy, at the end of this, they're the ones who are present in the middle of something. Yeah, they they have a definitely a, a privilege to have our children entrusted to them, and I know many teachers and with great hearts, and they they understand that and and they want that, and so just keep nurturing your children's relationship with God so that they have no problem trusting God in a crisis or trusting their teacher. They're going to do it automatically. I mean, they will quickly process through that fear. That's the older I get. We, uh, we were talking earlier, I think that's what I've learned most about faith in God and trusting God is that the deeper your faith goes and your trust goes in God, the quicker you can process through feelings and emotions that could lie to you. And fear is definitely a lie. I mean, it's, it's, it's imagine that God's not in control and he is. And so getting that clarity of thought quickly and not having to carry that load of fear during a crisis, they will they will need to follow their, their teacher's intru- instructions. So that relationship with God, that relationship with their teachers is really, really key. So trust God and trust your teachers. It's the best thing I think you could teach your kids to be emotionally and spiritually healthy when it comes to these intruder drills that are here, even though we don't want them to be, they're here. The last thing though, I, I wanted to talk to the parents about and people who love children around them. Keep praying around your children. Keep praying before them, their day, totally zone in on their day, their safety. It means a lot. Uh, Call on the name of the Lord to protect your children. And if you you don't know how to do that, there are prayer groups you can get involved in. There's a really great one that we are partnered with called Moms in Prayer. Lee, you're a part of that. You Can you tell us a little bit more about Moms in Prayer, what they do? Yeah, I love this. You can find out more at momsinprayer.org. But Moms in Prayer groups meet as mothers and grandmothers or people invested in kids' lives to pray one hour a week, powerfully, scripturally, strategically over children and schools. And so we're meeting to cover children in advance of what they're going to face. So weekly, it's really, truly, Corey, it's still the best part of my week. It has changed my faith completely to learn how to pray strategically. I'm so grateful. 
Yeah. And it's simple. Becoming a prayer warrior for your kids is a, a beautiful thing to do when you feel, especially if you feel helpless, that you're not helpless. You've got the the power of God to tap into and he's he's got your kids. He knows where they are. He knows how to keep them safe and he knows uh, what what to do. He's, he's trustworthy for us as well. So you're telling oh, your yeah. kids to trust God and trust your teachers. Like we've got to trust God as well. So I said that to my mom this morning, you know, like, where do you call? to report on everything good that happens. I still have the privilege of getting to call my mom. And I said this morning, you know, I'm a little concerned about this, but I've been praying about this and God hears me. So he's got this. And just those words rolling out of my mouth built confidence that I don't have to, I'm doing the work, Corey, of praying, taking them to the heavenly father and I can trust him and we can trust him too. But absolutely. I have waited this whole time for you to tell this last story because we have seen God work in this situation in amazing ways. I already have chills up my arms. Yes, yes. One of our schools at Bible to School had intruder alert drill. It was very real. We were told about that that there's a, um, they had the the door shut, everything, the, the announcements were going on close your blinds, get the kids against the wall. They did not know where the intruder was. And it it was this interesting story from this public school teacher who told us that, that, Hey, she, she actually froze for a second. And she said, you know, the kids were against the wall. Some of them were writing notes, goodbye notes to their parents. That's how real this was. And they were very upset. And she said, I know, I knew what I needed to do. I couldn't get there. And then she looked up and she heard them first and then she saw them. And it was a group of our Bible to school children who had been with us for a year. They had not gone to church. They didn't, they didn't know God before that. And they just started praying out loud. They prayed out loud for the school. They prayed out loud for the teacher and everybody involved. And it just calmed her and it calmed them. And this teacher said, oh my gosh, she was a believer. And she said, Jesus is in control and God's got this. And then, so the teacher needed to trust God. It was so cool. Like I told you, processing it through. And these children, with their perfect faith, she said, just ministered to her at that moment. It ended up, it was a drill, but they don't know it at the time. And that's why it's so important for us to prepare these children to say, trust God and trust your teacher. You know, I can't guarantee that bad things aren't going to happen, but we just mm-hmm. know that God mm-hmm. is in it. God is in everything. And so we can rest in that and our kids can rest in that. That was a incredible story of faith in action by our children. Mm. Well, Corey, I'm a hot mess again. Every time I hear that story, I cry because that is what we're doing here at Bible School. And I just pray that our friends are getting involved, not only in prayer groups themselves, but teaching our kids how to run to Jesus in times when they need them most. Yes, absolutely. And the word of God cuts through darkness. The word of God cuts through all those things. And we are light in the darkness and the darkness will not overcome us. So on that note, I'm going to ask you to pray, leave and end our time. I would love to. Heavenly Father, we love you and we're so grateful that you are always with our children, that you never leave them or forsake them. So we say with confidence, the Lord is their helper. They don't need to be afraid. Lord, I'm so grateful for 
that in Hebrews 13, that good word, but also, Lord, the good words that were spoken here today. Lord, we need to teach our kids to trust you. And we also need them to respect and trust the authority that you placed above them. And so, Lord, we commit all of our kids to you. We do ask for their protection, both spiritually and mentally and physically, Lord, that they would be protected, that teachers would have wisdom. Lord, I pray for our friends that are listening, that, Lord, if this feels paralyzing to them, that they would walk in faith. Father, thank you that you promise to always be with us. And we trust in you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I believe Corey summarizes this conversation best when she says, trust goes a long way in a crisis. Do the kids in your life trust God and their teacher? It's a worthwhile question to ask if you don't know the answer. I hope you're leaving here today encouraged, knowing you can prepare kids physically, emotionally, and spiritually to face unthinkable events. So before leaving today, make sure you subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss an episode. You'll also want to go back and listen to those you may have missed. The episodes on Columbine and Moms in Prayer that were mentioned can be found in our archives, but we've made it even simpler for you by linking them in our show notes. Just go to our website at Bible2School.com. That's Bible, the number two, school.com, and click on the resources tab. Remember, friends, sharing really is caring. Don't forget to share this episode with at least one friend. And while you're at it, rate and review this podcast to make it easier for others to find content they love. Well, thanks for tuning in. And I will meet you here next week to hear from someone who's inspired to serve right where he's called. And it all started following the 1999 Columbine shooting. Until then, remember, you can tell the children about Jesus.